Woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Behold, is it not from Yahweh of hosts that people labor merely for fire and nations weary themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 14. This is the Weekly Wire brought to you by Christus Rex, a member of Stoic Christian Affiliates. Hey everyone, this is C.G. Billiot. Here's the Weekly Wire for the first week of February 2023. I'm going to go ahead and apologize now. If you hear like, I don't know, laundry machine, air conditioning, uh, my dog, I just gave him a new bone. He's cracking away at that thing. Hey, you're getting an authentic listen, all right? Like I don't have the, I obviously don't have a state-of-the-art uh, set up. You guys know that. You have known that from the first couple episodes. So if you guys want to give me a new mic or if you just want to be kind, you got the options. But at any rate, here we go. Top headlines. Now, this, to be fair, is probably a weird episode in as much as you're thinking, dude, it's, it's today. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. Most of you are going to listen tomorrow morning and I'm like a week behind. Yeah, I understand. It happens. It happens. It happens. But I still want to make sure I uh, let you guys know what was going on last week, even though ironically, this headline uh, is not from <laughs> last week. All right. So again, y'all are getting an authentic listen today. Uh, but uh, I, I think this pertains to some other things that happened this week, um, things that were on my heart I was convicted about, and things I wanted to continue to share with you. If you remember a couple episodes ago, I mentioned the Free Burma Rangers founded by Dave Eubank and his family. Uh, I want to give them another shout out and just uh, kind of turn you towards what's going on in their ministry. Uh, Dave Eubank, if you remember, I told you was a former, he is a former Army Ranger who uh, grew up a missionary kid and essentially founded a very, very interesting ministry, one of the most unique in the history of the church, uh, where he's essentially a soldier missionary, but more emphasis on the well, I can't really say more emphasis on one or the other. Basically, what they do is the conflict in Burma, the civil war that is, has been raging for the last 70 years. And they go in uh, partnering with local indigenous peoples and they rescue uh, oppressed peoples from the Burmese government or the Myanmar government. Please, please, please go check out their documentary, Free Burma Rangers. I know it's on Amazon um, or his book, um, blanking on it. I think it's... <sighs> Gracious. It was a fantastic read, but I read it in my sophomore year of college. I'm blanking on the name. Um, I think it is Do It For Love, perhaps. Something like that. At any rate, here is a headline from their uh, – they, 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 if you go to their website, freebermarangers.org, they do these field reports that are stylized like military memorandums, uh, but give you an update on some of the things going on in their ministry. So here it is. Hope in spite of two years of brutality, anniversary of the coup – in Burma. This was reported the 1st of February. Dear friends, today is 1 February 2023 on the second anniversary of the coup in Burma. We are with the displaced Kareni people in their hiding place doing a children's program. The joy on their faces and that of the children and of laughter from their parents gives us great hope that in the midst of these attacks by the military, there is hope in Burma. Even though the Burma military is coming with speed and a vicious force that we have never seen before, we also have hope. There is new unity in Burma that cuts across racial, social, economic, tribal, religious, and ethnic lines. This unity about Burmans and ethnic people together wanting to find a new way in a new country based on love, justice, forgiveness, and reconciliation. Right before this mission, we were at two churches, one Baptist and one Catholic in Karen State. 
that had been bombed by the Burma Air Force. A mother and her two-year-old daughter, the Baptist pastor, the Catholic deacon, and a villager had been killed with a direct bomb strike on the churches. This has become a common occurrence as the Burma Army targets civilians and churches more and more all over Burma. Coming up to the Kareni State, we were met face-to-face with 20 severely wounded people, including another mother and two-year-old daughter hit by Burma military mortar fire. Their lives were saved by Burman doctors who had left the city to be in unity with the people and help the ethnic people. So I'll take a quick break here for a second. I'm telling you, you need to study the history of this conflict, uh, particularly believers. You need to understand uh, the absolute tragedy that has happened to God's image bearers there in Burma. So it's a whole hodgepodge of various issues, just as they identified with uh, social, economic, tribal, religious, ethnic tensions, all uh blended together essentially um there's 125 different dialects there's over 60 recognized um ethnic groups in the country it's 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 um so many various uh conflicts after another and again the state is at war with with its own people and slaughtering them like it's nothing and the the numbers i know that uh, particularly we in america because we read international headlines uh for about five seconds and then lose our attention the numbers seem very inflated to us and we can't really uh, relate to them. We can't relate to literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people being slaughtered uh, or oppressed the way they have because God has so blessed us unconditionally and undeservedly over here. Um, but this is so worth our support and our time. So again, please encourage you to look into this. But anyway, continuing with the story. Here in Kareni State, there are over 250,000 people displaced and there are attacks by heavy mortar, artillery, armored vehicles, jet fighters, helicopters, and ground troops. This is happening all over Burma, yet nowhere have people given up. The losses have been tremendous. Thousands killed by the Burma army and over 3 million displaced since the coup. The most recent coup, that is. If you study the history of Burma, they happen like every other two years, but that's besides the point. We in FBR have lost over 50 rangers, 18 of them since the coup, and that is representative of the losses that are occurring with people all over the country. We all share a deep sorrow with each other for the dead and the wounded and the loss of homes, animals, and property. Yet in the midst of this, we see a new love. We see a new hope and a new understanding between different kinds of people. Just yesterday, we were talking with the widows of three villagers and a sister of two brothers who had all gone back to their village after it had been attacked. The men were looking to recover possessions and livestock, thinking the the Burma army had just passed through. Instead, they were all captured, tortured, dismembered and the three husbands were thrown into the village toilet their bodies were recovered by the local resistance and given a hasty burial as the burma army was still around gracious the two brothers have been decapitated and thrown down into a deep well last year when we were here we were asked by the sister to go retrieve what what we could of the bodies to give them a proper burial the local resistance helped us as we went there carefully without alerting the burma troops and went down into the well by rope and retrieved the skulls of the two brothers. Whew, I got like dizzy reading that. Um, no kidding, like they're not they're not exaggerating. If you again, if you read Dave's book or you see the documentary, this happens year to year, month to month. Uh, you can even follow them on Telegram or WhatsApp and and see the pictures for yourself, or join their email group on their website and see these brutal pictures and images yourself. I mean, I remember I joined the group and. 
the Burma army had torched a village and the bodies were scattered around. Oh, just horrible stuff. Certainly worthy of our prayers, our attention, and uh, any support we can offer. The local physicians helped us and we went down carefully and retrieved the skulls. We brought them back up and gave them to the sister. She started to cry but said, Thank you for doing this. It is a comfort. Now I can give them a proper burial. We saw the widows and the sister again this year at the Good Life Club program, which is the Christian program they do for the kids. Up to this moment, I had never seen them smile, and the sister who had lost her brothers would cry every time I saw her. But this time she smiled at me and said, Thank you for coming back. Thank you for helping us. Suddenly, the GLC program transitioned to a dance, and since we are a part of the dance, we began to dance, and the sister came to dance with us. Smiling, her face radiated with joy. She was laughing as she danced with us, and I thought, this is such a special moment in my life. It's like being in heaven. When I asked the sister and the widows later what their message to the world was, they replied, we pray to Jesus that we can forgive the soldiers who killed our husbands and our brothers. We forgive them because Jesus enables us to. We want the Burma military to stop attacking and we want a new government. Until then, we pray for their hearts to change and we pray that we can survive and raise our children in peace. Thank you for praying and helping as much as you can and as much as God leads you. We also pray for you and we love you. Whew. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you want more stories like this, because this is real stuff. If you want to see um, the, the the most real and intense mission work that's being done by the church around, around the world, look no further than the Free Burma Rangers. And so this is the face of the people in Burma. In spite of destruction, death, and loss, they chose to find joy, and they still have hope for a future. We share that hope with them. We are all bound together by love and hope. For us, we find it in Jesus, and we thank God for new lives in Jesus and the 11 new rangers from different races and religions who asked to be baptized right before this mission. We pray for people, and we pray people around the world uh, would feel moved to give life-saving help to the people under attack, but also to bring whatever pressure is necessary to bear the Burma military would change their hearts or cease to remain in power. We pray for love, forgiveness, justice, freedom, reconciliation, and peace for all in Jesus' name. Thank you, and God bless. Dave, family, and FBR. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you have not seen that documentary and you don't know about Free Burma Rangers, you are missing out. That was some of the best news, the most just, I mean, because that's real. There's no there's no rhetoric there. There's no bias. Like, that's just a straight field report. That's some of the best stuff I've read in a while. Moving on to our Blast from the Past segment, uh, I, again, have to apologize for you folks who are going to end up trying to read this on the blog. I'm just going to be reading it straight from the page, which you already know what it is. We are here with the Christian Almanac from the great George Grant and Gregory Wilbur. Uh, the day that really stood out to me this week was February 4th. So the history of February 4th, basically, uh, in modernity and some years scattered, but I'm going to pick up in modernity. So... Let's take a look at these. Uh, 1783, February 4th, 1783, Britain declared a formal secession of hostilities with its former colonies, the United States of America, i.e., they lost. They took an L. Take that, General Cornwell. Anyway, or Cornwallis or Cornwall, Cornwall, 
Cornwallis. Dang. You history nerds are going to clown me for that. Anyway, uh, 1861, February 4th, 1861, following the election of Abraham Lincoln as president of the United States, delegates from the six of the succeeding or the seceding southern states met in Montgomery, Alabama to form the Confederate States of America, the CSA. Jefferson Davis was elected the president of the Confederacy, which was initially comprised of Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina. Now, I can truly testify, having grown up in Louisiana myself, that are, those are the states which were taught, no kidding, in uh, eighth grade Louisiana history. Those are the states you're taught are the true South. Uh, they're usually refer- referred to as the Gulf South states. Um it's a very controversial topic. Not the not the whole Civil War thing. Y'all can get over it that you woke individuals. No, no, no. What's what's a controversial topic is discussing who who is legitimately a Southern state. Um, some of y'all are gonna think this is silly. If you're from the South, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My my eligibility requirements are: if you have an SEC football team, you automatically qualify as an honorary member. If you were once a part of the Confederacy, you are are you are you already qualify as an honorary member so like virginia right but but <laughs> uh so many of the unfortunately so many of the southern states are turning blue um or they're just there's just nothing about them that's distinctively southern anymore people get confused if you're uh just because you're country or you might be a redneck that does not necessarily mean you're southern a lot of folks can be country but only a few folks can be southern there's a difference i know this i'm going on a tangent here the point is <laughs> that was february 4th of 1861 anyway february 4th 1921 oh actually no let me rewind a little bit february 4th 1901 uh chuck limbaugh or charles limbaugh lucky lindy was born in the united states he ended up flying the spirit of st louis as the first pilot to fly solo from new york to paris Got to have some cojones for that one. Anyway, uh, February 4th, 1905, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German theologian and Lutheran pastor was uh, who was hanged by the Nazis, was born in Germany. If you don't know about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, you've, you've got to research the man. You read his book, uh, The Cost of Discipleship. Long story short, Lutheran pastor who stood up against the Nazis was even involved in a plot to a conspiracy to assassinate Hitler, um, and as as I just read, he ended up with a sore throat. Point is, uh, today's evangelical pastors could really learn a thing or two from Bonhoeffer. But anywho, February 4th, 1921, activist and author Betty Friedan was born in Peoria, Illinois. She helped formulate the doctrines and dogmas of feminist orthodoxy, that is, second-wave feminism, and her 1963 blockbuster, The Feminine Mystique. In that manifesto, she warned that depression, addiction, uh, uh, menstrual problems, and even suicide stalk women who spend too much time in their homes harboring Victorian ideals. Perhaps feeling that she wasn't quite making herself clear on the issue, she went on to argue. Uh, she went on to argue none wait, 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 that none but the mentally retarded could find housework fulfilling, and that women who accept the role of housewife are as in much danger uh, as the millions who walk to their own deaths in Nazi death chambers. Not too subtle, but apparently she got a point across. So that that was all verbatim from the almanac. You got to get it. Uh, but no, the feminine mystique uh, was, I would argue, 
well, okay, I don't, I, I don't know if I can go that far. I was going to say it was, ju- it was just as destructive but in a, in a more subtle way than either the Communist Manifesto or Mein Kampf. But, yeah, that might be a little strong. But then again, George Grant, so same guy who wrote this almanac with uh, Gregory Wilbur, he wrote a biography for Margaret Sanger, the uh, founder of uh, Planned Parenthood, and he compared her to uh, Lenin, Stalin, Mussolini, and Hitler. So... Don't know if I'd put Frieden in there, but gracious, her ideas have had consequences. Thank you, or not thank you, uh, modern feminism. Anyway, 1945, Winston Churchill, Joseph Stalin, uh, FDR gathered at the Yalta Conference to discuss the dividing of Europe at the close of the Second World War. And last but not least... Uh, February 4th of 1997, despite his acquittal in criminal trial, a civil jury in Santa Monica, California, found O.J. Simpson liable for the deaths of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. The juice. That's tough. That is tough. I actually didn't know that. I knew that, obviously, everyone knows he got acquitted um, at the criminal level. I didn't even realize that there was a civil... I wonder what the... Because the penalties he faced were later, like the the time he did later in prison wasn't even for that case. So I don't know. Anywho, yeah, February 4th, an eventful day. What's the, the grand takeaway? The grand takeaway is, if you didn't notice, a lot of good and a lot of bad. A lot of the end of, an, of a one old world or another to a new one. Uh, some, of the, some of those new worlds have been great for us. Other were, were more brave new world dystopian nightmares. Uh, a lot of rise and fall in the events of the February 4ths of yesteryear. The question is, what will the February 4ths of tomorrow look like? And Lord willing, if Christians get to work, they could be a lot better than a majority of those. Now let's go to a quick ad before we hear about the blog and other platforms. Brothers in Christ. Here's a quick word from the Stoic Christian Affiliates. Are you tired of struggling on your own to set goals and maintain accountability? Are you looking for a group of men who could push you in sanctification towards Christ our Lord daily? Do you want to learn from their wisdom, practice their techniques, and develop your own? If so, it's time to join the Stoic Christian Fellowship, where men are trained to become men of God. Click the link below, go to stoicchristian.com backslash fellowship backslash, or click the stoic links on the Christus Rex blog page under the learn more tab. Blog and other platforms. Hashtag embrace optimism. The Post Militia launched a new campaign for the month of February. New month, new campaign. Embrace optimism. Why? Well, because after hashtag Amanda Disby, we do not want to leave folks with the impression that we are just destructive critics, but instead reconstructive enthusiasts. We want to do far more than just identify problems. We want to provide solutions. We dare not merely complain. We want to launch campaigns. We want to always lean on the side of action. So if you want to participate in the campaign with us, please reach out, get involved in the discussions, and post your favorite aspects of optimistic eschatology and culture building every Saturday this month. Invite your favorite Instagram pages, pastors, and fellow believers to join in. The more, the merrier. 
yeah, honestly, guys, this time around, if we could really try to invite more pastors and theologians, more than just us lay folk, uh, to get involved in this one, I think we could really shake things up. The, the Abandoned Dispy campaign, uh, there are some folks who are still continuing with it <laughs> uh, that are outside of the post-militia, and that's exciting to see. But uh, please, get excited about it. We are. Um, and also, lean on the side of practicality. At the end of the day, uh, one of the most infuriating things about Instagram is that uh, everyone pretends to be a theologian, uh, an ordained, well-studied theologian, but at the end of the day, we're just folks who are uh, repeating that which we've been taught or that which we've independently researched, but by no means are a majority of folks legitimate, accredited experts. So in that case, we ought to focus on that which is practical, that which is feasible, uh, that which can be grasped and practiced in everyday life. So uh, that's what I'll be leaning into personally towards the end of the month. Um, being a layperson myself of how can we take these grand and lofty theologies uh, and place them to the hands of the common person uh, to be equipped for the everyday work of the kingdom of God. Many lessons from Joseph part one. All right, still working on it. Really sorry, guys. Work's been crazy. (laughs) But the reason why it was delayed was because I published my, quote, open letter to the post-militia. Uh, please go check it out. Uh, I'm thoroughly convinced that Christians need to call for the legal destruction of the porn industry, and you should feel this way too. Go listen and get involved in the new movement. In the meantime, pray that I could finish the piece on Joseph that I promised y'all. But yeah, the open letter um, could be a hot take, I guess, but I, I really don't see it as such. Um, truthfully, it's uh, it's really, I wish I had my copy of uh, Christian Reconstruction, what it is, what it isn't right next to me, because the argument that Dr. Gary North makes is that every Christian is a Reconstructionist in some sense with respect to desiring to see the gospel take root in a society and transform people. Uh, if you as a Christian have ever been concerned with societal issues, even in the remotest sense, um, even if uh, you might be a quiet pro-lifer, so to speak, on the abortion issue, you in some sense, he argues, are a Reconstructionist. Um, aside from all the, uh, you know, fancy terms and labels and such, my, my grand point is this, is that if Christians can be mobilized to root out evil in society and the civil realm by taking legal action and, and advocating in the public square, as we've done on the slavery issue, on the abortion issue, why would we not stop the momentum? Let's go after the next target. And I would argue the next target is porn. So go check out that open letter. Q&A's. Uh, there was actually no questions from this previous week. I was a little surprised only because uh, this week also saw, I forgot to mention it here, uh, it was actually the week before last, but nonetheless, the featuring of the Little Kingdom with myself uh, and my wife uh, at Third Day Grain. Uh, that one was actually so far our most popular episode across the various shows and posts on the on the blogcast. Um, I surprised, I was surprised that there was no questions, but send in your questions, uh, on whatever theological topic or, um, topic of any kind you'd wish for us to discuss or whatever questions you might have, reach out on the blog or the Instagram page at rex.christus underscore. Well, that's going to do it for the week for the weekly wire. Gracious. Uh, it is time for the weekly word. This past week, a close friend of mine was delayed at the U.S. Navy SEAL intro training known as BUDS, Basic Underwater Demolition School. He was near death's door 
with blood and salt water filling his lungs. But by God's grace, he survived. He's been working for this opportunity his entire life. In fact, his best friend and teammate since they were six years old was there with him and will be moving on in the training without him. Grade school, middle school, high school, the academy, and now for the first time, separated. As you can imagine, this has been a very heavy burden to work through. Yet, my dear friend, in his time of sorrow and frustration, said this to me. For a while, I was wondering why. But ultimately, I realized I don't have to know why. I don't have to know why for God to still be good and for him to still be in control. He's always inspired me, but this moment may be among my favorites that I've shared with him. The text today came to us from the prophet Habakkuk and his dialogue with Jehovah. The people of God have been drowning in their own sin and judgment stands at the door. The Lord is going to use pagans to overwhelm them, to oppress them, and ultimately remove them from their own homes. Habakkuk asks the natural questions. Why? Why them? Why does it have to be this way? The Lord declares, I am doing something in your days you would not even believe. Then reminds him that his glory will overwhelm all the peoples of the earth, especially the enemies of his people. Was this not the obvious reality? In one sense, didn't Habakkuk already know this? Of course he did. And of course, he should have remembered the marvelous works of the God of Abraham, previously shown in the generations of his fathers. We stand now needing the same reminder. Like my friend said, we don't need to know why the days we live in are the way they are, as far as his mysterious counsel is concerned. What we do need to know is that Jehovah does not lose. Our God fights for us. He fights for his glory. Christ and his salvation will be known by all. It's not a threat, it's a promise. Embrace optimism. This is the fruit of true faith. Wherever you find yourself and whatever you find yourself doing, remember nothing is wasted in faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Sin is dead, death is next, and Ave Christus Rex.